I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, I am the host, the Bear of Texas, reporting live from an undisclosed location deep in the heart of Texas. It's once again my honor to welcome back my good friend, Wiley, a.k.a. The Venomous Stare. What's going on, Wiley boy? Well, Alex, after that repugnant display, it's more of a duty than an honor. That's at least what it feels like to record this episode with you, but we are committed to doing every episode. And because the Cowboys are so atrocious, it will be a slog in terms of having to sit through every play of these games for the rest of the year. There's virtually no hope in sight for the Cowboys, so we can go ahead and start to dissect this just disgusting game. You know, since I felt like I had to bring you back for this recap, you're right. It is a duty, and we are not going to waste any more time. Let's go in and get right to it. The Dallas Cowboys are now 2-6, and six, and the first fact that I need to bring up is that for the first time in franchise history, the Cowboys have gone back-to-back games without scoring a touchdown. Well, rarely have the Cowboys' offense ever looked this bad for eight straight quarters. They can't do anything at all. Danucci is inaccurate and hapless, although what do you expect from a seventh-round pick? The line's terrible. The offense is disjointed. I will say this, that first drive of the game where they came out with like the cutesy plays, including a Zeke Wildcat play and a freaking double reverse, I love that. Because to me, at least Kellen Moore is realizing we've got to change something up. Like the the Jason Garrett level of risk is not going to cut it. And, you know, going forward on fourth and three, like the end of the game doesn't. That's not the sort of risk I'm talking about. That's sort of like a game can be boiled down largely to that decision. I'm talking more about, let's say you get off 60 plays in a game. About five of those should be trick play or have some sort of razzle-dazzle interesting wrinkle that has a lot of uh, reward potential. And we saw that in the Cowboys playbook much more so this week than previously. And uh, despite the fact that they didn't find the end zone, I at least like that. I mean, there were some positives in this game. I mean, more positive. I mean, okay, last week there were no positives. In this game, there were. And... The de- okay, the defense, actually, we finally saw something from the Cowboys defense. I mean, they forced, what was it, you know, four, I think four turnovers, and they got to the quarterback four times. I mean, Trayvon Diggs, two interceptions his first career, and, you know, had a second. Oh, and speaking of that, here's another fact. The, this is He's the first rookie since Sean Lee to have two interceptions, like, in, in, one, in one game, like, have his first career interception. Followed by another one in that game when Sean Lee, one of them was was a pick six, and the Cowboys won 38-35. It was against the Colts. I remember that game very well. Well, it's interesting that you bring up Sean Lee because as he said on the sideline, as usual, his heir, Leighton Vandresh, had one of my favorite sacks in football history where he came through the A-gap and absolutely blew the doors off of the ginger wince. A 100% full-throttle assault that landed squarely and directly upon the soulless ginger. And hilariously, 
and intelligently Van Der Esch, after belting him, could have driven him into the ground, separating his shoulder and ending his season. And Van Der Esch didn't even go down a little bit or like roll off of him. He hit him with such extreme force, he got to peel off as Wentz just crumpled. It was just a phenomenal blast of a hit. The highlight of the game, for sure, in a contest where the Cowboys managed a meager nine points. You know, that was a hell of a play. I believe it was Doris Armstrong who recovered the ball for Dallas. But what I have to really point out as far as the defense goes, the fact that they were able to sack... Okay, the, the fact that the two fumbles were on a Carson Wentz sack, that's pretty freaking cool. It's unfortunate that the second time when on Lane Vanderesh is a hit... It's a shame that Ben DiNucci, on that next drive, he had to cough it up after leading the Cowboys up the field. Well, that was terrible. That was one of those plays where, as a fan, you sort of see it coming from a mile away as far as the lineman he grows all the way around, and he's still coming up, and it, he wasn't a blindside hit. He hit him right from the front. And that's the sort of Daniel Jones-esque pocket awareness that you expect from a a rookie or a late, especially like a, a late round inexperienced, just came in rookie. This isn't a Daniel Jones type guy where he's had a full off season to prepare like he had this last off season and he still looks hapless. So it's been freaking Danucci, the third string guy, seventh round pick, probably didn't expect to play two weeks ago. So I didn't expect much. It looked, it was bad, but I honestly think it could have been worse. When you consider how bad Andy Dalton looked with the line, remember, folks, the line, the line, the line. That's really why the offense is bad. If you had the 2016 all-pro stacked line and, you know, you still have the healthy three receivers and a healthy Zeke, Ben Genucci and Andy Dalton could probably get this. Or ben Genucci could win six games for sure, maybe even eight because they would just run it 35 times. But Andy Dalton could get them six, seven wins, but... With no line, you don't have a chance. And it's really hard for a, a rookie seventh-round pick to look good whenever he has no line in front of him. Really, there's no quarterback in the league save for like the two or three guys that you could put on that Cowboys offense and they wouldn't look clueless. That's how bad the line is at the moment. I mean, it's so bad. You know, the running game still had some good moments, but still overall below average. And the problem with Ben DiNucci, Wiley, is that he... He's too. He was inaccurate. Like some of these passes could have been caught, but the inaccuracy. You know, like I said, the terrible offensive line. This offense just has no chance. There's no glimmer of hope whatsoever. I mean, like I said last week, there's absolutely nothing positive. But after this game, there's some positive positivity on the defense. However, with the problem with the defense is they were still getting burned on uh, passing plays. And penalties are still a fucking problem. I mean, I have to cuss here because the penalties is what the, is one of the most frustrating things when it comes to the Cowboys screwing things up. It's momentum killer, man. Well, whenever your team is talentless, the penalty is just absolutely gutting. Very hard to overcome something like that when on the field you're already basically going to lose pretty much predetermined. So, yeah. Can't have penalties and... I don't want you to get too high on the defense, man, because you really need to remember this. You need to remember the fact that the Eagles are a terrible team. They're just as bad as the Cowboys. They're banged up as well. I actually think the Redskins, the Washington joke ball team, 
is better than both the Cowboys and the Eagles, so I think they'll in fact win the division with like six or seven wins. That's that's very likely to happen because that's just how fucking awful the NFC East is. And I wanna I wanna hear your famous word. What is the NFC East, though, Wiley? Well, it's a fraudulent division. You have four fraudulent teams, and one team is so fraudulent they can even settle on an identity. They want to portray Native Americans as the mascot, and he's always going to keep the name, Dan Snyder. He's a hill to die on. He has to keep the name. And the moment FedEx threatened to pull that sponsorship, the moment he caves, then he got the Giants. They haven't had an identity since Eli left. Daniel Jones, who obviously was going to be a bad quarterback coming out of Duke, didn't have the chops to play in the NFL, really didn't have a big arm or any sort of other intangibles that would make you think he would develop, but the, the Giants still reached for him. Gettleman's a fraud. A joke judge is bad, and the coach they had before him was really awful. I forget his name. Um, Gettleman, actually. My bad. And finally, we settle upon the team we just lost to, the Eagles. Admittedly, this is a team that is better than the other two, but a team that habitually can't get out of its own way, can't stay healthy, and to me... The Eagles weirdly sort of gave a lot up, not in like a literal sense, but in sort of like a, a joking voodoo sense to win that Super Bowl because it's like, oh, wow, they have two great quarterbacks. What a fucking surprise that is. They aren't even going to be able to keep one of them, but they have these two gods here, Pro Bowl guys that would have won the Super Bowl 50 times over, and it turns out we saw Wentz not performing very well at all. Even in this game versus a terrible Dallas defense, Wentz looked really bad. If you would have taken the nameplates away, Wentz would have looked actually pretty damn similar to Denutra's. Like, they both look pretty shitty, so... I don't know. This was a terrible, terrible game. No matter if you were a Philly fan or a Dallas fan, even if you're a, Fally, a Philly fan, this one was sort of repulsive to watch. I just can't imagine ever really deriving enjoyment from that. So, yeah, those are my thoughts. And offense just, you know, I mean, in the passing game, Amari Cooper only one catch for five freaking yards. CeeDee Lamb had four catches for 27 yards, but Gallup had seven for 61, and just no touchdown, man. It's just... Oh, and Gallup, I mean, you watch Gallup and it's like, he dropped another, he dropped another, he dropped another. And again, similar to penalties, these repulsive, unforced errors, uh, it's pretty fucking sickening, dude, to watch this team and to see, you, you know, you have to admit they have talent still, like they have Zeke in the receiving core, but it's garbage, it's just sickening stuff. I mean, the fact that there's no offensive line, I mean, what do you expect? But another problem, okay, is that they they kept trying it with those trick plays, and eventually it started to not work. But the problem is why they kept doing it. Like that play when Cedric Wilson got you know, got beaten down by Fletcher Cox, okay, which was like a loss of like ten yards. That yeah. was that was the momentum killer because Dallas had momentum going in that drive until until that was until it happened, it was gone. Okay, I mean, I don't understand why the fuck they had to keep going with the fucking trick plays when they should have known that the, the, the previous two did not work out at all. 
Well, to me, it's like they go with the trick plays because the offense is fucking garbage and they don't have any other choice. So that's the answer, I suppose. But there, it is sort of, I understand where you're coming from, where it's like, why are you running these gimmicks? Like, they're not in a work. Well, it's sort of like, what do you want them to do? Line up in the eye formation and get fucking buzzsawed over and over and over? Like, that's not really going to work either, probably. So I don't know. Well, let's just go and call it like it is. Nothing is going to work for this Cowboys offense. Absolutely nothing. The running game is is disappointing. The offensive line is, is disappointing. So we can't expect deep passes to the likes of C.D. Lamb and Mari Cooper. You know, it's all gone. I mean, it, there's just there's nothing positive because last week when I said, mark my words, the Cowboys are not winning another game. I was not exaggerating. A lot of people believe I was, but I was not exaggerating. I'm still not exaggerating. The Cowboys just cannot win another game. They do not have what it takes. They just cannot do it. It's, you know, it's physically and mentally, okay? I mean, how are you going to get anywhere with a freaking offensive line that can't do shit? Or, you know, you're down to your third-string quarterback, okay? You know, and this quarterback, Ben DiNucci, you know, the inaccuracy, you know, I mean, I, I get he was excited. Some people say he was just too, he was just too excited and overconfident. Well, I'm not gonna go with those words. Okay, the bottom line is Ben DiNucci just did not did not have a good game. Be and it's not all on him, but with how completely disoriented, disorganized, and how banged up this whole team is, there's just there's no passion, there's no heart, there's nothing. I mean, the defense woke up a little bit, but overall, nothing has changed really. Nothing. Yeah, well, yeah I, yeah, I wouldn't be over here doling out credit to the defense. They played an awful offense. And, like, exactly. if, you, if, you, if you look, like, in the last 10 years, one of the most overrated motherfucking quarterbacks, like, Wentz, garbage. Like, he's so fucking overrated, it's jaw-dropping. It should, well, then, you know what? What's really sad, Wiley, is that the Cowboys lost to an awful team. They did. They did lose to a shit team. And, uh, I mean, it's no surprise. It's not retroactive. I mean, we knew Philly was shit going on, so... It's just depressing that they still lost, and it was... It is. And, you know, it was in this game where I, you know, I finally... We were finally seeing Mike McCarthy be fucking mad. I mean, before this, I don't I don't remember seeing him, seeing him you know, with smoke coming out of his ears. Like... I mean, 2020 just sucks, okay? It sucked for a lot of people, and it's really sucking for the Cowboys, okay? Because at this point, Wiley, the question that's on my mind is, how much worse can it get? I mean, what the hell is going to happen next, huh? Well, I mean, could it get any worse? I mean, why don't you try to guess? Look at the rest of the schedule. Yeah, it's not just a schedule. I mean, you know, what else can happen, you know? Here's something. Zeke Elliott, Zeke Elliott has yet to have 100 yards in a freaking game. Imagine if he goes the entire season going like that, okay? And the fact that he's getting that he has his major contract, it is unacceptable. But then again, say, oh, it's just the offensive line. I'm like, you know what? He had plenty of games with the good line. He had plenty of games with the good line, okay? And what happened there? We did not get the results that we're looking for, okay? I mean, the, the, the same thing goes with Prescott, okay? There's no rhythm. Nothing goes right, and you know, and Kellen Moore still with a questionable play calling. Well, like, to me, to me, like 
Kellamore's play calling, if you had a problem with it before, I don't know how you could have a problem with it now because it changed so drastically. So, like, I don't really... I don't flame more too much, but... oh, I mean, I hated him before this, but I feel like this game he's at least trying stuff. But, yeah, we could see... We could sit here and prattle on about, like, oh, the line is bad for 10 straight episodes, but I don't really see any point to it. Like, there's really not any more to dissect from my perspective. Like, when a team doesn't score a touchdown in two fucking games, uh, what else is there to be said? You know, like, the, and, and they're not playing the 2007 Patriots and the 2000 fucking Baltimore Ravens. There's easier games against teams that are probably not going to win eight games. So, how do you think they're going to look against real teams? Oh, this Cowboys team? <laughs> well, I'll tell you how they're going to look against real teams. They are going to get pounded into the ground. Yeah. The rest of the season is going to be nothing like being locked in a torture chamber, getting tortured. It is not going to feel good, Wiley. You and I, we're not in for a fun ride in the future, okay? Our frustration, our sanity is definitely going to be questioned, okay? It's going to be tough to watch this season, but you know what? I'm going to do it because, you know what? I don't give, I really don't give a fuck. I just want to watch football. No matter how terrible my freaking team is, I can't do anything, okay? And, uh, <laughs> you know, what's, well, what's amazing, okay, is that we actually went, we were at halftime, we were leading 9-7, to seven, okay? And we could have yeah. won. We could have won this game. We could have. But here's what I want to ask you: At any point in the game, did you genuinely feel like the Cowboys were going to win, or like they were ahead, or like had a chance, or something? Yes, I did believe that we were actually going to win. I actually, really? Yes, until the Cedric Wilson, you know, got hit, that trick play. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Until that happened, I was like, okay, yeah, because we missed. I mean that. That play, you know, turned out, you know, we missed a freaking field goal, okay? And we gave the Eagles great field position, and they fucking scored. They took advantage of that. That was the magic killer. That was the momentum killer. That's when things went from our advantage to Philadelphia's advantage, and Philadelphia took full advantage of that. That trick play should not have happened, Wiley. It should not have happened. Well, there was a lot of trickery in this game, and I think sometimes you see trickery used in an intelligent way that is, like, timely. And a perfect example of this is, like, every flea flicker that the Patriots ran between 2005 and 2012. Think about how many, like, big yard uh, receptions and touchdowns that those plays got. And then there's this sort of deception that you see in this game where it's two teams that sort of don't know their... They don't... Okay, I'm not going to use that analogy. It's too vulgar. So that you have two teams that don't have any idea how to score. They don't really have a clear win condition. And even the things that they think they excel at, they're poor at. There's a more analytical approach for you. So this is what ends up happening, is the play callers sit there and try to come up with a bunch of gimmicks to try to get the ball in the end zone. And as a Cowboy fan, it's sort of frustrating to see them like do this dumb shit and still not score. But also as a Cowboy fan, it's nice to not watch a bunch of draws and a bunch of, uh, you know, eye formation runs up the gut with no line and no threat of passing that everyone knows is going to happen. 
So to me, like I don't mind the trick plays where they kind of where they kind of shit. Like, yeah, they were like the double reverse like wasn't inspired. The direct snap to Zeke for two yards wasn't inspired. The direct snap with two receivers to either side to like the fourth string fucking receiver was terrible. Uh, there was nothing that I thought was interesting really as far as like, you know, like for instance the Philly special. Like I think that that gets so much hype because it won him a Super Bowl, but that was like an interesting play and like a memorable trick play. And granted, the double reverse, that's pretty fucking ballsy, but yeah, I don't know. I to me like I like the creativity, but it it was admittedly a failure. Okay. Uh, you know you notice how we're talking about this game differently than we have previous games because this game we're just getting straight to the point because, you know what is there really much there's not much to say. I mean, the only thing that's positive out of this whole game is the fact that our defense forced four turnovers because coming coming into this game if I'm correct, they only had three coming into this yep, game. Yeah, that is correct. Only one interception, and and now, and, and Trayvon Diggs gets two. I mean, one of them, both of them were in spectac- spectacular fashion. But I gotta ask you, which interception was more impressive, the his first or his second? Oh, the first, I think. Okay, and we gotta talk. Like, I like how it, it was reviewed because when it happened so fast, it looked like maybe he was not down. Like the leg was out of bounds when they did. The I thought it was slowly, incomplete. I thought it was incomplete initially because no way he gets the second foot down, but that rule where you can touch your toe and then the same leg that you touched with, if another part of your body goes down, like the shin or the knee on that leg, it like counts as the second foot. And, you know, you didn't really think that was a possibility because the knee was about a millimeter away from the fucking corner. So Exactly. And when they reviewed it, we saw it in slow motion. We saw saw it in a, in a close frame. I was convinced that yeah, that's an interception. Okay. The, yeah. Well, once it once it went to replay, it was definitely, definitely an interception. But that was a big one because that one like stalled a drive. That's to me why. And I guess the catch was more impressive as well. But that's to me why I give the uh, first interception the edge. But not a lot to love here, man, if you're a Cowboys fan. Fucking brutal. I mean, I'm trying to... I'm actually talking about the stuff that we actually love seeing. I mean, that first uh, quarterback sack, we forced that uh, fumble. I mean, the fact that we saw Carson Wentz literally make a, make a dumb move. Nobody open. He's running way behind, close to the sideline. And I believe it was... I think it, might, I think it was Jordan Lewis. I mean, or, or... I'm not sure who it was, but... It was one of the one of the secondary guys just comes in, hits him, and... and <laughs> And once fumbles, I mean, I mean, I was already, I was already proud enough that there was the sack, the huge quarterback sack for a loss, and it was, it was just like you know, honestly, a little bit on the comical side, it was just a, little, it was just great to see you know Carson Wentz just make you know just make a stupid mistake like that. I mean, it was a pretty, it was a pretty stupid mistake on his part. Nobody wide open, he just runs in, he doesn't, he doesn't just throw it away. I mean, I guess in that certain play, Carson Wentz got way over too confident. And I can honestly say. Perhaps he he got in way over his head. Well, I mean, how over his head could he be? Like, you're playing the Cowboys defense. You're multiple years in the league. People think you're better than the guy that won the Super Bowl. Like, if you can't do well now, then fuck off. Like, it couldn't get any easier. 
I mean, there's still that debate. Carson Wentz is better than Dak Prescott. I mean, that debate was on Twitter even during this game. Well, I mean, there's just like two obnoxious fan bases arguing over which overpaid mid-tier shitter is better, so I mean, who th- cares? That's, that's what the rivalries come down to, Wiley. The fact that both teams are god-awful, the, the only thing that, that's really happening in the rivalry between Dallas and Philadelphia are the fan bases arguing and getting back and, and, and literally just fighting each other verbally on social media. One of the fucking teams, like, is going to win. Like, in the NFC East, like, there's going to be a winner. And it might be Dan Snyder's boys, but, man, what, what, what just a terrible, terrible division. <laughs> Truly sickening. Makes me sick, and you know what? <laughs> I'm I'm sticking by my guns. I'm still saying Dallas is not winning another game, and I predicted Dallas losing this game 35 nothing. I mean, I I I was certain it, it could happen, but it didn't happen. But you know what? What? <laughs> Even though my prediction was not right, they still lost. But the difference maker, what really kind of gets on me is that they actually started. They, they were playing good at one point to where I was actually convinced that they were actually going to win the game. So I went from predicting a thirty-five nothing loss to actually changing my mind based on because based on how they were playing, and they fu- and, they, and they fucked it up. They fucked it up big time. Well, I mean, it's not like you predicted them to win. I guess that's the uh, I don't know silver lining. Is there a silver lining to this? I don't think so. I mean, this is just one of those games that. You and I were just like, we're just talking about it, <laughs> but the tone of voice is we're just annoyed based on the result. I mean, I'm annoyed. I don't, know, I don't know how you feel, really. Oh, disgusted, irritated, bored, repulsed. That about does it. I mean, yeah, that 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 just about does it. And folks, in this episode... Wiley and I, we we didn't go straight to the point. We we just literally jumped straight into the point because this game. I mean, th- this is not really a game to speak of, really. I mean, it's not. Well, well let's wrap it up quick. <laughs> I think we've about covered it. I don't yeah, think we we have else. covered it. Yeah, we have. But I just gotta ask as we wrap it up. Where do the Cowboys go from here, Mister Venomous Stare? Uh, Ten more losses in a row. Uh, Andy Dalton starts as soon as he can. No hope in the future because either New York team will get the higher pick. Nothing but misery. Nothing but misery, folks. I mean, this is probably this is probably one of the toughest, like saddest, you know, episodes we ever did because we're just like, you know what, we were doing this anyway because this game. I'm just literally standing, sitting there with my hand on my head like that and the elbow on the counter. I'm just like. Uh, I'm bored. What the fuck is this? <laughs> well, no one likes to watch games where you know you're going to lose, like, a week before the game starts, and you know you're going to lose an hour before the game starts, and then you spend three and a half hours watching a team you like get annihilated. <laughs> and what's even what's even so silly is that this was a 7.30, this was a 7.30 at night game. We had to wait all this time just to watch such a boring game, and this game should have been at noon. Yeah, this should have. You're right. They should. They should have swapped them. Well, since there's really nothing left to cover as far as this game goes, I'd like to remind everybody that Cowboys Talk is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, 
Amazon Music, and YouTube. And I want to give a special shout out to all the people who viewed our, uh, re our preview of this game. I'm happy to report that, that our last one on YouTube, Wiley, got nearly 1,500 listens. Oh, baby. So, I want to, for all, all those of you who listened, thank you very much. Great content, more great content will be coming up soon. We greatly appreciate your support. Wiley, thank you for coming back. I look forward to having you back on again. Easy. Have a good night, folks. We'll see you all next time.